it's prime time, so you know that Jesus reigns. We hear the word and we never be the same. We speak the truth and we never play it. Welcome to Primetime Faith, the podcast that keeps young people and parents informed about current events from a biblical perspective and helps you to live by faith. My name is Jerome Baker, and I want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Listen, if you're not subscribed to Primetime Faith, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Podbean. All the major platforms you will find Primetime Faith, even YouTube. Now we have a new channel there. The links will be in the description of this video. And I want to invite you to follow and show your support. With that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It is an interview with a good friend of mine. He is doing a great work in the ministry in the city of Noonan, Georgia. Lives are being changed because of the word of God and families and people are being productive in every aspect of life. I want to introduce to you Pastor Leonard Cochran. Enjoy today's episode. What a time to shine. What a time to shine as a child of God. Enjoy today's episode of Primetime Faith. So we're going to get right into it have a number of different things I want to uh, discuss uh, as I was preparing for the show. I gave you the scripture that I wanted to really uh, glean from over in Philippians 2 and 15. Uh, for those who may be their first time listening to Primetime Faith, we do the podcast to help young people to be productive as well as to keep parents informed of what's going on. But nevertheless, Proverbs 2 and 15, Pastor, talks about, in part, Paul told the Philippian church how at the time he wrote this verse, that the church was living in a crooked and perverse generation. And it's important that we shine as lights in the world. You know, I still believe what Paul wrote those many years ago is relevant today. When you look at society, would you agree that we are still in a crooked and perverse generation? Yes, I not only would agree, I would strongly agree. And I think it's even more perverse and even more crooked than even at the time that Paul actually wrote this uh, particular epistle to the church at Philippi. And I think Paul knew that, you know, if you would continue to look at some of his other writings, how he talked about in the last days, you know, there would be perilous times. So I think it was perverse and crooked even at the day of Paul. But I think even Paul foresaw a day when it would even be worse. And so that's really how I feel uh, that, that we're in that time where things are just, yes, perverse and even more crooked than even in the days of Paul, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, when we were young, a lot of times parents would just leave us to ourselves. You know, they would let us go outside and play by ourselves. They would leave us in the room by ourselves. Even though the door needed to be open, 
we had a lot of time to be kids by ourselves. How important is it for parents to realize, look, we're in a perverse generation and this world is after the minds and hearts of our young people? Yeah, and I think that's very important. That's one thing I appreciate, uh, not only your podcast, but the messages and all that you do, the different platforms that you're out here, uh, like you said, teaching and admonishing youth and young adults as well as parents, because I think you bring out an excellent point. But one thing I always say is, in my opinion, when we grew up, of course, every generation is going to have its battle. Every generation is going to have its challenges. But just in my opinion, I, I just don't consider when we was growing up uh, that we were targeted as much as young people are targeted today. Of course, you were targeted by some because you're always going to have evil people. But I think when you look at today's society, I think that's what makes our society so evil is that we actually have people who target and prey on the young or the weak or the innocent or the inexperienced. And I think they're targeting young people to the point to where it's not even anymore a hidden agenda. It's not even nothing that they're trying to disguise. I mean, they're actually targeting youth and young adults when it comes to evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would agree. As you were talking, uh, my mind went back to the scripture in the book of Acts, how you had men in one particular city who were considered masters and they were making money because they were using the gifts and talents of young people. The girl that they were using actually had a gift, but she didn't give that gift to God. And she was allowing herself to be used by the devil. And she was making her masters a lot of money. And in my perception, I see the same thing happening today. And it's deceiving seemingly a generation of young people. Yes, 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 yes. And that's a good uh, uh, a good illustration of how people will be so evil or uh, cold-hearted in that they don't mind using young people. You know, they don't mind if, if it's gonna accomplish their agenda, if it's gonna do what they uh, desire to do, then again, they will use young people. The same could be said when we look uh, in the book of Daniel, when we look at Nebuchadnezzar, you know, a story that many people have heard time and time again, but yet when you think about this evil yet powerful man, he, he didn't want adults. He, he specifically went after young people. He wanted to bring young people back into his kingdom so that he could indoctrinate them and so that he could use their skill sets, if you will, in order to pervert other young people. And so definitely, again, I always say, and you'll see it in the scripture, how the Bible talks about nothing new under the sun. So some people may hear me saying, well, I feel like evil people are targeting young people. Some folk may have a problem with that, but that's exactly what king nebuchadnezzar did he targeted young people he wanted young folk yes and i and i think it's it's amazing to me at least how i see the world understands the importance of uh, a generation of young people but in many churches especially in the black church in my opinion not all but many there seems like there is a neglect when it comes to uh young people as a pastor And of course, me knowing you, but those listening may not know, you pastor a predominantly black church in a black community. What is it that you see from your perspective just as a pastor when it comes to the black community and this world? Well, I think uh, one thing, like you say, is so important that churches 
Uh, I remember years ago when we first established, even, you know, going forth to have a youth ministry, that I would always tell the people at the church, my leaders, that we don't want the babysitter's mentality. Because I think in some churches that may even have youth ministry set up, they're not targeting. I mean, well, they're not looking to use it as ministry. They're not. In other words, there are a lot of churches that set up what I call the babysitter's mentality. We just want to babysit the youth and young adult while the adults have church. And when they get out, we can let them loose. But see, we have to exercise that time wisely. And so I was teaching my people from the very start that, look, when we set aside time to minister or to have youth ministry, that's exactly what needs to take place. We need to be ministering to youth and young adults. And I think even some churches are guilty of having, again, what I deem a babysitter's mentality, even when it comes to time that they set aside for young people. And it can't just be about playing. You know, a lot of churches, that's the way they attract young people. Look, we're going to play. We're going to eat. We're going to have games. But see, if you're not getting the word in them, then, you know, that's exactly what you're doing. You're babysitting. You're babysitting. And so that that I think is uh, is dangerous uh, in any church, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I like how you said we must take advantage of the time that we have with them. Uh, we both have the same bishop, Bishop Barry Walker in Carrollton, Georgia. And one thing the Lord has given him is in Philippians 2 and 5, how important it is for us to have the mind of Christ. And I like to tell the young people, I say, look, God just don't want grandmama and them to have the mind of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you right about it. <laughs> he want young folk to have the mind of Christ. Why is it so important for parents and young people to operate with the mind of Christ nowadays? Well, again, I think you said because of how much evil that we see uh, that's on display. And even, you know, when it comes to bishop, you know, uh, we know and, you know, recognize that we have a wise bishop. And I thank God for bishop because bishop saw this many years ago. You know, he was talking about how the church was going to need to be set up to minister to young people. And, you know, everybody, uh, unfortunately, don't have a bishop, an overseer. Uh, even a pastor who really sees the necessity that we need to minister again to young people. But, you know, being that I am a black man, uh, I think when you look at uh, certain cultures of today, I think is why we really have to make sure that youth and young adults also have the mind of Christ. You know, what comes to my mind is that when we look at, like, say, the hip hop culture, or the entertainment industry you know in many aspects it is the money it's the money even the culture is toxic and it poisons the mind of people against the truth and so if so if there's something set up like when you deal with the hip-hop industry the entertainment industry even when we look at the nba and so forth it is it, it's toxic it's getting more poisonous by the day and if we're not set up to minister to young people then what they're seeing and what's set before them in my opinion is going to poison their mind against the truth and so you know I, I just really feel like as pastors youth pastors and youth leaders i mean we we, we really have a job to do mm-hmm, mm -hmm. yeah you speaking about the entertainment industry the music industry uh you know back when at least in our generation it, it was more or less about uh partying having a good time 
hanging out, of course, getting the girls. But now it's about getting high. It's about killing folks. <laughs> I mean, it's literally about death. What is it that you're seeing uh, that you deal with so much as I listen to your messages in helping people to really see, hey, this is toxic and we need to really wake up and make sure that uh, our families are thinking, talking and doing the word. Well, I think when it comes to me, you know, as I see it, one, one, one thing I try to uh, get pastors and leaders uh, to understand, in my opinion, is that once you see it, you can't unsee it. You know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you see how demonic it is, you know, you can't unsee that it's here. And and uh, and we have an opportunity to deal with it. One thing I like for people to also understand is that no matter how evil and demonic the culture may be, the church is the only entity that is set up to withstand this. In other words, you know, no matter how demonic the culture gets, the church is the remedy. The church is the solution for people being delivered. But again, we have to recognize that there is an agenda, again, that is not hitting, that is poisoning people's mind against the truth. And so, again, if, if we're not steadfast in delivering the truth, then, you know, uh, sadly, uh, we, we could be guilty of not doing things in the manner that God want them to be done, if you understand what I'm saying. I do. I do. Uh, making it plain, because I like what you said. Once you see it, you cannot unsee it. And I believe once it becomes a public confession or a public performance, I believe we have a right to deal with it. You know, once a person puts it out there, okay, what does the Bible say about this? So, for instance, uh, the Super Bowl recently. I'm, I'm looking at that, and here you got a pregnant Euro, a pregnant Rihanna out here dancing and gyrating and, and, and talking about seeing her naked. Nobody has a problem with it, bro. <laughs> Nobody comes against it or, or says, look, this is not something that should be before our, our children. What do we do? What do parents need to understand? Look, though it's common, the Bible is totally against things like this. We can talk about Dwayne Wade and, and his family, how they're put up on this pedestal. I can't unsee what they're doing to this boy. I told my wife, uh, they had uh, their son in a commercial and I didn't know it was a boy, it was a woman. <laughs> I mean, this stuff has to be dealt with, in my opinion, because it's targeting our young people and the scripture talks about we would be in a day where people are calling bad good and good evil so it has to be dealt with yeah and i like it i like how you uh put that in that you know once something becomes public you know and it's out there it's on the public stage uh as you put it i i, I strongly agree with you then we can then come against that but I, I also think it's important to understand not everybody is assigned to deal with these things the way in which god is dealing with us to deal with it you know we all have our different assignments and i feel like we all have our different lanes that we need to be in but i think personally when it came to me i just had to personally uh get beyond being reluctant to call names you know for years in my ministry i, I would i would teach on certain things but i was just reluctant to call names because i, I never wanted to be the type of preacher 
that you see some preachers, they are name called, they are drop names, but they're doing it just to build their platform. And so they're really not concerned about the evil, more so than attaching Dwayne Wade's name to that video that it might get more views, you know? And so that's what you kind of see now in the universal church, even when pastors may attempt to deal with stuff, they're really not dealing with it from a biblical standpoint. They just want to attach Dwayne Wade's name, picture, uh, Lil Nas picture to their video just for the sake of views. And a lot of times you look at them, they're not even dealing with it from a biblical standpoint. And that reason, in my opinion, is that when you do what we do, when you deal with it from a biblical standpoint and you come against it, then from just a natural standpoint, the algorithms are not set up to give you views. They're not set up to push your message. And so it has to be something that we're doing because God has called for us to do it. And it's not based on views and popularity, but simply we're standing against what is evil. And that's what we're supposed to do. I agree. Now, I understand when the world does things, when sinners do things, that's what you do. When you're in sin, you're going to practice sin. You know, when you're righteous, the scripture says you practice righteousness. Now we're in a time where you see just as much foolishness coming from so-called preachers of the gospel. Uh, you, you actually have pastors out here telling people hell is not real. Tithing is not right. Once saved, always saved. I mean, it, it's just a lot of foolishness going on. And those who are taught and heed the word, we know how to deal with that. But sadly, you have a number of people, pastor, who who are just eating this stuff up, man. They have those itching ears, as the scripture says, and uh, they're eating it up. Do we just just leave them alone? What do, what do you think? I, I think, again, it's going to come down to uh, your assignment. I think it's going to come down to what you know God has given uh, to you and, and what you need to, to do. I, I love how Paul said, woe to me if I preach not the gospel. And so to some of us, you know, there's going to be that woe there if, if we don't do it. And you brought up an excellent point because whenever you deal with this because of the way in which they're presenting it. See, it, it goes back to, to how when Beyonce made her evil song. Now, out of all the titles she could have gave her song, she could have gave it a uh, dirty girl. She could have gave it a. Uh, you know, hot girl. She she could have used a number of words, and these people are very clever when they assign a title, as you know, from being in music to their song. But she labeled it church girl. She labeled it church girl, and her description of this girl, a woman, a young lady, was anything but a church girl. And so I think it's getting to the point now to where, you know, you can't just stand idly by on the sideline because they're they're coming inside of the church and you know so with that song i think there has to be a pushback from us when you when you hearing and seeing so much that targets the church i mean now now you know folk used to be to the point when we grew up you know you really wouldn't say too much about the church i mean you know you were like oh hold up let me you let me watch my words careful but people have been emboldened now by Satan to the point to where again they speak out against uh, the church and like you said you have preachers and so called gospel artists this is where the problem comes in at because if I don't know if you've seen it but if you look at all Beyonce did and she deserved the backlash that she got from holiness preachers and 
preachers of the truth. But then Tasha Cobbs come and like she's defending her in her prayer. And this is because this is why evil people love co collaborating with so-called saints in order to remove the conviction of them of their sins off themselves and those who follow them. And that's what some in the church don't recognize. It's not that Beyonce wants to really be uh, tight with the Clark sisters. No, that ain't it. She got another agenda. And so if, if, if you don't, in other words, I'm saying once you start calling them out, in my opinion, especially if that's what God done a name for you to do, you're not going to be able to not call out some so-called saints. That's it. That's it. My thing is, I, I, I remember what the scripture said. I believe it was Peter who told the elders, look, shepherd the flock among you. I, I think in addition to what you're saying, you have people that try to address this, but it's really not for the sake of the cross or for the gospel's sake. Uh, but it's to, like you said, build a platform. My, my mindset is I just want to help the flock that God has placed me over. And if this is going to help the young people that I have and the parents I have, the responsibility of feeding, so be it. Uh, but but anytime you get out there trying to pacify and, and approve of what these folks are doing, I, I believe that's the danger zone. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. And I and I believe that's that's not just a danger zone, but I believe that's to the point to where you're going to end up wounding people. You're, you're going to end up uh, scattering the flock, if you will. Because, again, we see it when we look at certain preachers like uh, Jamal Bryant and others. I mean, it's, it's just clear that they are down with the evil agenda. You know, they're down with it. They're not standing against it. And so, again, when we cry, our cry has to be loud. You know, I like, you know, cry loud, open up your voice, you know, show my people their transgressions. And so, you know, it's it's a cost. It's a price to do that. But but I feel like once God has ordained for you to do it then you're going to be willing to pay that price, you know, because again, uh, I, I feel like even this podcast and, and us talking about it, we often talk about it, you know, in a private type setting, but for God to take a lot of the great talks that we've had that have been private, and now he has a desire for some of these to be made public, I think that's what that is all about, you know, us lifting up our voice to cry against what we're seeing. Again, as I say, because once you see it, you can't unsee it. You know, That's right. so we're just in that time now. So trying to deal with a crooked and perverse generation, Paul goes on to talk about how we should shine as lights in the world. I mean, how do we shine as lights in this world, in, in your uh, opinion and, and from you pastoring and, and parenting? What are some things that we can do to be different? Because the Bible says we're supposed to be peculiar. We're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to distinguish ourselves. So what can parents do uh, to help their, their children, their teenagers? And what can young people do for their personal lives to be a light at school, work, and so forth? Well, I, I think that's a good question because I think it actually ties right into uh, our theme for the year, you know, being Christ-minded. I, I don't think uh, we could ever shine as lights in a perverse and crooked generation uh, without the mind of Christ. I think the theme that God gave the bishop this year, I, I think it I think it has just hit the nail on the head, if you will. I mean, if we are not Christ minded, 
we cannot shine as lights in a perverse and crooked generation. But again, so many times you'll see in the church, well, not in all, but in some, well, okay, the adults are going to strive to have a Christ like mine. What about the young people? The only way the young people are going to shine is lights in the school, on the football field, on the basketball court, and in other particular uh, activities, is that we got to make sure as we're striving to have the mind of Christ, then we want our young people to have the mind of Christ. But I, but I think it's a mistake when you go to trying to shine, if you will, in yourself, in what you think you need to do. See, if we truly take on, that's right now, in Philippians 2 and 5, that important three-letter word that we have really been dealing with this year, let, let, allow, permit this to be so. If we are resisting having the mind of Christ, then we will not shine as lights before this perverse and crooked generation. It's just not going to be done. And when you look now, you see a whole lot of saints, the things they're saying, the things they're doing, they don't have the mind of Christ. And sadly, in my opinion, a lot of people never had it, and many lost it during COVID. Mm. So what, what took place, in, in your opinion, and from your observation, pre-pandemic and post? What, what happened to some of the saints in the church? I really feel like, and, and I don't, even, even when I say this, I, I think people are going to hear it. But but I'm not sure if people will 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 truly be able to grasp what I'm about to say. But I think the problem was I don't really think people understood the significance of saints gathering together. I really don't think people saw, and I think that's the reason the government, being evil, declared the church. And I told and I told my church just a couple of Sundays ago one of the worst things they could have ever have done. To, to somebody like me was for you to say to me that the church is not essential. When they put the church on the non-essential list as a preacher, that fired me up. That fired me up. You're going to put us on the non-essential list? No. And I think when some saints bought into that, that when the church got put on the non-essential list, that, hey, this is not a place that we really need to be going to right now. But I don't think it caught the enemy by surprise because I really feel like Satan himself knows one way to destroy church, one way to destroy flock is to stop them from gathering. That's when the Bible even said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And see, like I told my saints, I said, now when that was written and canonized or put into the scripture, God being all knowing, he didn't foresee COVID. He didn't foresee other things. And so I really think a lot of people, when they stop coming together, I, I think people then, you know, they, they just they just lost ground. If, if you understand what I'm saying, I, I really feel like a lot of people, they, they didn't understand the significance of saints gathering together. Do you remember what some of the essential things were on the list? <laughs> yeah, bars and uh, those are some of the main ones, liquor stores. You know, how can a liquor store be essential, but the church not be essential? But see, in my opinion now, there were a lot of pastors and church leaders that really didn't fight back. You know, and, and you even had, uh, you talked about early, like, how, how do we stand against this when so many in the church 
or, or, or down with the evil agenda. You had preachers standing in the pulpit telling people, don't come to church. It's not safe to come to church. Stay at home. And guess what? Now some of these same preachers <laughs> are, are, are begging folk to come back to church. <laughs> so, you know? I saw one preacher pastor. He, <laughs> he, his doors were closed for two years and got on the internet and said, look, we back in church. I need half a million dollars. So your first message to folk is, look, y'all ain't been here, send the money. There's yeah. something wrong with that. No, and but see, that, that, that again can be seen by anybody who's Christ-minded. That main agenda was was money. That main mm-hmm. agenda was, was money. But again, you know, when, when you look at that, uh, with the church again, that there's a popular saying that's going around right now. I don't, I don't know if you've heard it or caught on to it amongst a lot of people. And that is, I left the church, not God. I left mm. the church, not God. That, that's what you're hearing a whole lot of folks saying now. Well, you know, I left the church, not God. But see, according to Matthew 16, 18, Jesus established the church. That's it. He is the church. That's the reason this consider the body of Christ. But see, the mindset of people now are so carnal that you can think, well, I left the church, not God. And, and, and you know, to somebody that don't know Bible, that may sound good. You're right. But, but that You're is right. a very evil statement. Very evil. Very evil. And it goes against everything that Jesus and the apostles set up. And as you were talking, it made me think of what Paul told the church. I believe it's in uh, Thessalonians. He said, well, God would just give people over to strong delusion that they should believe a lie Woo! rather than the truth. And you see people in the world and people that came out of the church that are believing lies when they used to believe the truth. That, I mean, you hit it. I mean, you hit it. But, you know, I often tell you sometimes when we talk, a lot of these texts, you know, in time past, I studied them, uh, looked at them, dissected them, looked up some of the words in the Greek and the Hebrew, you know. But but I just have to be honest that out of all my time of studying these texts, I never really thought that uh, we would find ourselves pastoring during these times. I, I, I just didn't. I mean, when you look right now, we are literally getting an opportunity Sunday in and Sunday out or whenever God has us to stand before his people to declare the truth to people at a time. Think about this, where the scriptures are unfolding right before Right God. before our eyes. That's it. <laughs> it's happening, brother. We it's in that day. It's happening, brother, that you're up there declaring a word and people can literally walk outside and see it, turn on the media, the news, and see it. I mean, wow, what a time. Yeah. What a time to be saved. What a time to be a minister. What a time to have the Holy Spirit uh, in all that the world is going through Woo! right now. It goes back to what you said earlier in the main text that you use for this podcast. What a time to shine. What a time to shine. But what is Satan's job? What is Satan's objective to put the light out? And sadly, with a lot of folks, I, I pray some saints will hear this. Who has allowed you know whatever to put out their light i i hope that in hearing this that repentance will take place with some people 
and 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 they can get in the place that they need to be with God because I I do feel like there are people who recognize that they were deceived. My honest opinion when I pray is that I feel like a lot of people really know at this point that they got deceived, but they're allowing pride to keep them from entering back into the house of the Lord. And so what do they need be. to do? What do they need to do? Drop your pride. See, that's the reason God hate pride. They need to drop their pride because they don't recognize, especially amongst good shepherds, our heart is for the sheep. Our heart is for the sheep. And so and so I don't I don't think people really understand that if they were to come back to the house, how well they're going to be received, how they're going to be loved. But again, it is the enemy's job to separate folk, you know, you know, and he's and he's praying on the weak, you know, if, if you will. And so, again, that that's just my humble opinion that, that I believe there are many people who know doing COVID and all that has been taking place, they got deceived. They made some very unwise choices and are still doing so. But the key is simply to return. When you really look at the mercy of God, and this reason I believe God is having us to cry so loud because God knows he has people who need to return and they need to return in a hurry. You're right. And, and before I get to our last question, I, I find it so amazing. You know, the Bible talks about the wiles of the enemy, the, the plots, the plans, the strategies of the enemy. It's so easy to stay hypnotized. It's so easy to stay blind, especially if you are connected with a mobile phone. Woo! Yeah, you hit it. Yes, sir. Because you have so many people around that are anti-God and against the church you can start hating that which god assigned to deliver you wasn't it paul who said have i become your enemy because Ooh. i tell you the truth Powerful. and and brother with these mobile phones it's so easy to throw darts at real men of god and churches that are standing because you have so many videos TikTok outlets you, you got so many programs on television that are anti-God. But if you drop that pride, if you just drop that pride and come back, man, I, I really like that. Yeah, because, I mean, it's going to take that because, you know, the shepherd, in one sense, you know, the shepherd has a time where, where, where he must be stern, you know. Uh, but then, you know, the shepherd, if he truly has the heart of God, I think Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 3 and 15, he said, I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understand. That's reading pastors also, as we deal with evil, we cannot become bitter in dealing with evil, but we have to maintain the heart of the mind of God. And that is loving people, giving people the truth to the point to where they will come into the truth, into the knowledge of the truth. But I think when it comes to parents, I, I think parents need to be aware of their children's environment or surroundings mm -hmm. you hit one like when it comes to social media and music parents truly have to be aware of their children's environment and surroundings uh and and it seems like to me that some parents have lowered the standards or the expectation for youth and young adults when it comes to being godly Man, you, you know, you're talking you, about some. Yeah, you look at some parents now. I mean, wh wh why is the standard so low? Why? And, and see, and see, I understand when I was praying, I, I, I really felt in my spirit that 
one one thing uh, with the wicked the agenda of the wicked to me sometimes is that you know they want to continue to put wicked before you so much let you see it so much every day wickedness is being pushed upon people that sadly some people become immune to it they mm. they, they, they see wickedness as just normal ain't nothing wrong with it and so mm -hmm. when it comes to parents i think that's the reason so many parents now when they come to how they're rearing their children they're lowering the standard at a time think about it pastor baker when they need to raise the standard so do <laughs> <laughs> you need to raise it to protect them you know you know, you know it, it, in other words to me the standard is there to protect but That's when it. you lower it you know you're letting in uh wolves if you will in That's other it. words i thought about this when you look at some parents certainly not all but some are feeding their children to the wolves you talk about yep. social media and evil some parents are feeding their children to the wolves some parents is as if they're inviting the wolves in because they themselves are hooked on this on this evil agenda think Brother, about you Jeremiah. you can't you can't you can't have netflix and not have no parental oh. uh password on it how can you give your child an iphone and not have that thing on lockdown but see, it goes back to what I said. Sadly, the church, when I talk about the youth ministry that has the babysitting mentality, sadly, mm -hmm. parents have the babysitting mentality. Mm -hmm. Take this pad, that, sit in the back of the church, and that, be quiet. And be quiet. <laughs> but think about this, Pastor Baker, in Jeremiah 32, I believe it was around the 35th verse, when God said about his own people, about Israel, he said that they sacrificed their children to Molech. And see, when you look at in the church where people are taught better, this is what I'm dealing with now. I'm not dealing with the sinner parent because mm -hmm. when a parent is a is a sinner and have children, then certain things going to be allowed and permitted. The standard in some are going to be low. But sadly, there are sinners whose standards are higher than some saints. We don't even have time to talk about that. But that, so don't. But that is so true, though, brother. But again, it, 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 it's some parents that have been taught. We, we putting out all of this information, yet it's as if, again, like you're feeding your children to the wolves and you're mm -hmm. inviting the wolves in. Mm -hmm. You know what? As, as you're sitting here pouring out your heart, Pastor, it, it makes me think about uh, the series that the Lord just had you on for about three weeks. Uh, you've been teaching on elevating your mind. Woo! And, and so while I'm sitting here listening to you, it's like they're still in you that look the church families parents fathers we got to step up we got to step up and so one of the things I, I remember that was continual or a constant uh, 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 calling in these messages was about a fool talk, talk to us as we get ready to close about this series elevate your mind and we're going to tell everybody where they can go listen to it at but what was God really telling you uh, when it came to these messages pertaining to uh, God's people? Again, I think, I think again, I think when, when God really began to stir my heart with that message, that, that's really what it was birthed out of. It, it, it was birthed out of everything that's taking place when we look at society and the world. And for the child of God, it, it's clearly that time to elevate our mind. In other words, our mind needs to be on things above you know set your mind on things above not on things of this earth and so forth and you know uh, again i dealt with an elevated mind being a mind according to isaiah 26 and 3 that stayed on god 
mm-hmm. you know I, I and again i i think uh whenever we lower our mindset and then you can get into carnality and, and i believe for a saint i believe there are only two places to live you're gonna live with an elevated mind or you're gonna live with a carnal mind mm-hmm. you know and so that in that series uh like you said, and you can still hear when I talk about things, it still reverts back to that. We got to elevate our mind. But I think in that, you know, I put the responsibility back on us again, Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind. Mm-hmm. See, if we're going to have the mind of Christ, it's because we allow it to be so. If we're going to elevate our minds, it's because that's what that's our choice. That's what we choose to do. And so, yeah, that, that yeah, that message not only stirred me up, but it stirred a lot of saints up as well. I'm going to put the link to at least part one here in the uh, description of this episode. And those who did not hear it, they can go and listen to part one, two and three. It's available on the uh, Making People Productive podcast with Pastor Leonard Cochran. Where where is the church located for those who may not know? Uh, The church located in Noonan, Georgia on uh, 87 uh, West Washington Street man that's that's wonderful uh and if i'm correct and i know i am if someone hearing this episode they they want to hear more messages uh you do stream your services correct yeah all of the services whether sunday morning service is live streamed and the wednesday night bible study is uh is live streamed on facebook messages. youtube okay and also we live stream it on our uh church website Okay, so even if they're not able to see the live stream, they can go back and watch the recorded episode of that particular service. Yes, as well as they can see all of the messages now we're downloading, also uploading on our podcast. Excellent. I'll put the link to both of those in the description of of this uh, episode. And uh, Pastor Cockerman, man, thank you so much for taking time to be on uh, Primetime Faith. Uh, I love it, and some of the things that you have said have definitely been encouraging, and I know they're going to be a strength uh, to everyone that hears it. Yeah, man, well, you know, as always, brother, it's always good to talk to you because a lot of times, like I tell you in private, when we discuss these type things, iron sharpening iron, when I speak to you about these things that stir my spirit for holiness, a desire to... uh, to please God and to preach the truth. And so again, you know, having children as well as grandchildren. Now, I certainly appreciate uh, all that you do uh, in the kingdom and minister Shamar and our youth minister. We consistently let our young people know how they can also access uh, your information. And so as I always tell people uh, at the church, and this is just an opportunity to say it uh, publicly, that you have been a great strength to me in ministry. Uh, I, I really truly feel like I wouldn't be where I am now without uh, your covenant relationship that God has joined us together. So and so I appreciate I appreciate you. But if you don't mind, I, I, I would have one question for you. If, if you don't mind, that, that that would just be, you know, when I thought about this, I said, I want to just get your opinion, because a lot of time when I look at evil that's geared toward uh, toward young people, especially when you look at uh, things like homosexuality, uh, uh how we look at you know how this evil agenda is to emasculate the man especially the black man and and i just thought about what what is your opinion on how the culture tries to make homosexuality and evil so trendy and fashionable i, I think that's one thing you know even when we grew up of course we know 
you know, we was in school, you could kind of tell who who was a homosexual and so forth. But but it wasn't like today. I, I think at some point we really gonna have to deal with how they how they do, in my opinion, a good job of making things so stylish and trendy with young people. Mm-hmm. I mean, do yeah. you see that as well? I do see that. Uh, my first response after listening to to your question, I honestly was going to say, I tell you what, Pastor, they are doing a good job at it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what they're doing is evil. But the Bible talks about how in the last days you, you would have imposters, you would have evil men deceiving and, and, and they're doing an excellent job of deceiving our young people, uh, just as we see in in the scripture. Uh, but what's so sad about that agenda when it comes to uh, sexual identity, it, it's amazing to me how with what comes with that is the intoxication we we talked about earlier how we saw in daniel how king nebuchadnezzar wanted to transform the young men's lives and he used alcohol he used some type of mind altering uh, substance to get a hold to these kids conscience their soul and so forth and 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 if you notice with this push uh, when it comes to sexual identity, you have the the drugs that's right there with it. These young people are not making conscious decisions. You know, a few years ago, it was the X pills. You know, it was the what was it? Uh, uh, well, they call it X pills, and it was a sex drug. Then it was it was the lean. Now now it's it's still the marijuana and 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 this that and the other. And it's always something with an agenda behind it and these kids are not making mine they're not making sound decisions and so my thing is why does everybody want to be high Woo! and so everybody wanting to be high but they're not making the right choices when they're high you know people are getting high and next thing they're doing they're trying these different sexual things and they're getting turned out you're right about it but it goes back to what we talked about earlier when you look at say a snoop dog who obviously his thing is just smoking and just getting smoked out every day every day yet we know his mindset but it doesn't stop the nb i mean it doesn't stop the nfl from having him perform at the super bowl it doesn't stop certain companies uh from from uh collaborating with him if you will and so that's when i say sometimes the world will try to make evil and i and i guess satan has always did that because satan himself wants to appear as good you know but you remember with kids pastor but remember with kids even in scripture we see of course we know it's demonic but he's always going to use some type of substance you look at you look at uh snoop for example he not only pushes weed, but we see him on Corona commercials. Yes. But what people don't understand, what they don't push publicly, Snoop endorses and has sold pornography. So while you're getting high, you can also go and fulfill other lustful desires. These you're kids right. are getting turned out, brother. When you look in these videos, you're not just seeing like when we came up, it was, you know, the girls shaking their booty and, and, and this, that, and the third. Now it's guys and girls in there. And they're drinking and getting high. So I think it, to me, in one sense, you, you, you have this play on the sexuality, but also kids are not making sound 
they're not making sound decisions. What they're high, bro. <laughs> they, they, they're high. And that, and like you said, that right there, brother, is 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 just again something that we're gonna have to lift up our voice. And like I said earlier, once you lift your voice against evil, then it's gonna pull you into to me an arena where whoever is collaborating with these evil folk. Now I'm targeting you. When I look at the NBA, certain things that they do, certain things that they promote, you know, now I find myself speaking out against a lot of things that when I grew up, oh, I just love the NBA. I just love hooping, this, that, and that. But see, a lot of things now have just tied itself to evil, Disney and so forth, that we're forced now to, again, call these names of these certain businesses and and so forth that is connected or if you will in bed with evil i agree man because i I had to do that and matter of fact i told someone uh years ago i said you can't really effectively have youth ministry and youth church if you don't do that because these are the folks that are pushing these products to the kids you you got to deal with it's just like john Morant. you got to talk about Come on, dude, you're getting paid nine and a half million dollars. You got sponsors. Why are you in a strip club flashing a gun? You got to deal with that. I mean, come on now. I appreciate your basketball skill, but somebody is looking past that and say, well, you know what? If I can get to that level, I need to be thug. (laughs) But who is the end? When we look at the star players in the NBA, who are their greatest connection? Their greatest tie, the NBA's greatest tie is to hip hop. To the music. There you go. It, it's the hip hop. The all star The all star game used to be about the stars who was on the court playing. Now it's more so about the rappers, the after parties, the drinking, the getting high. And so, you know, right. again, th- things have just really shifted. And again, I think that's the reason this podcast, uh, just us joining together, talking about it with Shine. Uh, even more light on it and even in the close I also want to say to any young person you youth or young adult who will listen to this podcast who is shining in a perverse and crooked generation we applaud you continue to do so because we know when we talk like this certainly there are plenty of young people who are shining in this perverse and crooked generation Mm, so I just want to take the opportunity as a pastor in his 50 now to really applaud young people who are taking a stand. And many of you, you share Pastor Baker's messages faithfully, whether online or in your school or with your team. And I'm just encouraging young people to continue to do so because in my humble opinion, we can't win this fight the way we want to win it without the young people joining forces with us. We That's need it. them. Once God stir our heart and we begin to bring forth certain messages we needed to get in the heart of youth and young adults and we need them to carry it and so again i just want to applaud uh, your ministry and the youth and young adults who are shining in this perverse and crooked generation certainly appreciate you and just and just uh appreciate all that y'all do well that was definitely a uh a, a good question and i think it was definitely uh timely so uh, certainly give God glory for all that he is doing and pray he continue to strengthen us, brother. <laughs> That's it, brother. And I'm going to try to make sure that I share uh, this podcast on our platform as well. And so hopefully, you know, it'll be another time we can come together, maybe do it as a podcast, but also as a video that we can mm-hmm. upload just, you know, sitting around talking about these issues. Because again, man, again, we appreciate you, brother, and all that you do. 
Well, hold on, Pastor. We want to appreciate everyone for listening, and be sure to get with us on another episode. Hold on, Pastor.